Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is Jack, and Zena's just laying lazily next to me. <laughs> what are we? What are we? Um, what are we introducing? So we asked you guys. Oh, hang on! Welcome to the podcast. Oh, okay. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Is that a thing? Can you do that? N- on? I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm okay. that important yet. Well, that's what I know um, from YouTube videos. Okay. Um, so we asked nearly a week ago um, what you guys found to be the most helpful in managing symptoms so yes now i remember now now you remember not the I'm, two minutes ago when i described this to you no, but now you remember I'm a, good, I'm a good partner okay was last time we did this i was poorly mm. was that the last one maybe you were a little bit out of it i can't specifically recall i think i have said to you before oh we should do one when you're tired because it helps that might have been the last one actually when i was poorly so i'm now fully better yeah. Just in case the last one was me being slightly out of it. But she's doing more than she's ever done, so she's obviously not resting as she should be. Okay. Anywho. So, we've had a lot of people reach out and give us their strategies. So, the one that's come up quite a lot is mindfulness. Um, See, I think mindfulness is really interesting. because I thought it was a load of boo hockey when I first heard of it, if I'm honest. I thought it was a load of rubbish. Yeah, I mean, I've heard so many different things. I th- I think, if you think about it as, like, I mean, like, if you just broadly give any topic, if you said, like, psychology, absolutely, there are people who are doing psychology in some form, and it is not helpful at all, and some people who are doing it very well, who are helping people, and I think it's such a broad topic, isn't it? Because mindfulness, it sounds very, like, yoga, hippie... <laughs> But I, well, I suppose what we need to do is understand is what does it really, what does it, what's it actually come down to? Yeah. Like what, what are, have people said something about what they mean by mindfulness? Um, so they just said mindfulness. So they've just said mindfulness being a big game changer for people, um, and like that's, it's good to like it helps you like connect your body back to your brain because obviously in FND your wires get crossed mm. and they're unplugged and they're put in the wrong place. And mindfulness is about just coming back to the here and now and like reconnecting so you're just refiring those like wires that have got misplaced. Yeah, cuz I I, can, I just thought it was a load of rubbish. I, <laughs> I picture, if I'm honest. I picture two things. On the one end of the on the one end of the scale, I picture like essentially meditation. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and I, I picture those getting probably confused. And on the other end, I picture something that I actually wouldn't describe as mindfulness, but that could just be me not fully understanding the process. I consider it to be li- literally thinking about your own thoughts and valuing them. So imagine imagine you've got low self-esteem or you're very externally facing. You're always listening to what other people have to say. In my mind, correct use of mindfulness would be thinking about what you have to say and prioritising that and realising by listening to yourself, not just listening to sort of, you know, oh, what am I thinking about? But actually, what does that mean? What do, what, what do I really want to get from what I'm saying? Maybe you and I have different interpretations of mindfulness. What's your interpretation? My of interpretation that? of mindfulness is to come back to the now. Okay. The way that I was taught it. And you've been taught it and I haven't. Uh, so it yeah, this. is that you come back to the now. So when things are starting to go pear-shaped when they're starting to go a bit wobbly what do you, you mean by c- that when things are going wrong it's just my okay. polite just way of any, saying anything going yeah wrong. Okay. whether that's whatever it might be like that i just use those words instead of saying wrong because i find wrong really harsh um you so come back to the now 
So, like, the way I was taught in the unit was you sit and you do five things you can see, four things you can hear, two things you can smell, and you go through your senses and you, you do five to one. And that's here and then now. Instead of being focused on everything you can't control, you come mm. back to, this is in my moment, this is what I'm here. I can physically feel the the sofa. I can physically feel the floor. I can feel the wind on my face. Whatever it might be, it brings yeah. you back to the present. And I can I can recognise how the purpose of that is to, if you're frightened, you're basically you're outside your body. You're perceiving some sort of threat, and you're, all you can focus on is that threat. And is the purpose of that mindfulness to bring you internally, so yeah. that you're not focused on this external threat. You're thinking about, well, hang on, my brain and my thoughts are the only thing I can control. Yeah. So I suppose you could, yeah, you're right. You've got like that. Where my focus, I suppose, what I was describing was... So very different. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the the whole process is very different. Uh, or the perspective is very different. Um, but then mindfulness isn't something that you... No, it's not something I've ever... Practice, if you like. No, because I think, like... You have other techniques. Yeah, I've always... The method for me that has always worked is to tell yourself you're in control of everything in your life. So I try to stay mindful of that fact. Now, there are some things which I'm not like, let's say I'm not, you know, 100% in control of. So let's say, you know, you're in the a weather. Car- the weather. Well, the weather's a really bad example. <laughs> but Sorry, it's just currently really warm. It's a bad example. If you could be in control of that, yeah. that would be great. Just knock it down a bit. But what you can do, so although I can't control the weather, I can control, let's say, 20% of my body temperature by choosing what to wear sensibly or by taking an umbrella. Yeah. Like, there's degrees of control. You could increase your levels of control. But I think that's different to mindfulness yes i th- i think so i just i suppose i'm just trying to frame it in a way for which i have found useful in terms yes. of thinking about things but if mindfulness... Whereas the mindfulness that is taught so is, is it you're saying it's, it's in the here and now yeah. then okay so it's about bringing you away from you may not be able doubts. to control like your leg twitching or the fact you can't move your arm yeah but you can be in the present instead of being like oh and thinking in the future or how often do you feel that way then how often do you feel like you live in a past or a future probably quite a bit actually what makes you say that um i guess because i'm still learning to live in the now your past traumas obviously have a big impact and that's part of what feeds the fnd if you like i think you if you're already doing if you already live in that past in the past and you haven't processed them you're going to find it more difficult to be in the now and anything you have that happens in the now you'll mm. link back to a past trauma and say, oh they're d- i knew that was going to happen because that and you see you see the behaviors that link to that trauma until you've processed it maybe and how i don't th- know i'm just completely guessing here but i i feel like that's kind of makes sense so how do you feel because one of the things i picked then on is you said the word trauma yeah. Now, obviously, I mean, trauma's got it's a broad I don't like variety of things. So I don't like it either, but I don't want to be seen to be taking and devaluing other people's yeah, experiences. Yeah, so I don't, I, don't, I don't use trauma in terms of my own experiences. Is that because you don't think it's I a, don't believe severity? mine are yeah, severe enough to qualify as trauma, but within the FND community, it is quite often discussed as people having traumas that trigger it. So that's why I'm using the word trauma, because that is what is in the community and that is fine everyone has something that potentially has happened and that's okay it's however you i choose not to say trauma because i don't believe mine was severe enough to warrant that language although someone else might deem it to be 
I personally perception, do it? not believe it to be that serious. It needs the word trauma attached to it. So I want to go. I want to go both ways, like devil and <coughs> advocate on this. What then do you think is severe enough? So losing your speech, losing your sense of self, and losing your ability to walk is not severe enough for you to describe it as a trauma. What do you need to experience then? I don't know. Do you think that's a part of you is trying to say like? Oh, it could be it my so I'm enough. separating. It could be I'm separating. But what I do you mean, mean by that? as in like I'm separating so that I don't think about it. Okay. But, but then but then when I say past trauma, I don't mean I mean like through childhood. Yes. Any, I, that's what else. I am referring to. I don't necessarily mean the FND and the path that's taken me on. Although that was hard. Again, I wouldn't say it was traumatic because I don't remember it. And I can't... Wait, but is, then that, is that not I, is exactly that the reason? The, potentially, yeah, I don't I remember saying, it. But opposite? I don't like... I personally don't like to use the word trauma around my experiences because I don't feel like they are severe enough to warrant the word trauma. Although and, someone else might look at it and yes. go, well, that is trauma. That is the worst thing that could happen. I don't deem it to be. Yeah, and I can certainly understand how it's a degree of your perception. Yes. So I want to go the other way then and say, for example, do you think using the word trauma is actually inhibiting people's ability to process and move on and cope with situations. I think the word trauma has a lot to it. When you think of trauma, you might think of like someone having their leg blown off. Yeah, I mean, there's catastrophic you, Yeah, there's catastrophic trauma, 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 and then there's, there's varying degrees, and I think it, it depends how you process it. I choose not to see it as a trauma, because I don't think my brain could handle it if I saw it as a trauma. So, so if the, I'm, I'm, so if the com- circumstance I'm, was exactly the same... I am completely thinking out loud here. Yeah, I know. Having never thought about this that before. Is so what it, thinking this is, does. This is, this is... If I go in a circular route, it's because I'm doing fine. it as I'm... But I don't believe... What was the question? The, <laughs> question, the question is, is, do you think by labelling things using, and I, I think it's fair to say extreme or severe terms that that is going to negatively impact or positively impact your ability to cope with stress, your ability to cope with um, engaging with it. Not necessarily. I think it... And I'm going to say an answer that you don't like. It depends on the person. Of course it depends on the person. But I I think for me, I just don't want... I don't want... I refuse to call it a trauma. I refuse to be a victim and I refuse to be someone that has experienced trauma. So do you therefore think that people <clears throat> who call it trauma are... Maybe not consciously, but embracing a victim title. No, not at all. I think I just refuse. I'm just too stubborn. I just won't. See, I would... I mean, I think in my mind, because I... Because of my own perception of myself, it's not trauma. What is your perception of yourself, then, so that you don't want to define it as trauma? What does that mean? Um, because my opinion on myself is lower... So you don't think you can experience trauma? I don't think... Yeah. In my mind. So, interestingly... We've got completely off topic. I don't think it's off topic. Because it is. other people could be able to listen to this and they might be able to relate certain bits that feel relevant to them. But you're, So you, what you're saying is your self-esteem is so low that... It can't be trauma. You can't experience bad events. You're not important enough to experience bad events. Is that sort of I how you feel? Yeah, probably. It sounds awful when you say it out loud, doesn't it? Yes, it does, which is why part of the mindfulness thing is to think about your own thoughts yeah. and to try and go, hang on, is this what I actually believe? Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this really what yeah, I feel? Yeah, and that's why like, the mindfulness focuses on the, what you can like, physically touch and you can is, is the respond cons- to. The risk of that, though, is by taking you out of your head. Sometimes you need to conceptualise Yeah, but there's a, there's, a, there's a level. So you can, you can be 
processing, 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 processing. But then if you reach that jo- and your jug overflows, you need something to empty that jug. And that's what mindfulness is about. It's just about tapping a hole in and letting some of that out so that you come back down. So where do you think tying into mindfulness does... Because in my mind, you fill up this mental jug with stress and thoughts and energy. And what releases it is decisions. Like, that, making decisions stops that inflow of confusing information. And it's like an outlet. Once you decide your ex... But if you're drowning in your jug, you can't. Yes, yes you can't. And I know it's difficult to <coughs> get to that oh, end me. state. But that doesn't mean that's not where we want to end up. No, so but in I'm just periods of rest... Yes, but I think mindfulness is a way to just help you get control of it. It may not empty your jug, but it will help you get control of that top bit and just help you just to lose a bit. And then you've got freeze up a bit of space. So that's what it's about. So that, like when I when I can't remember who you are and I look at you and you know, I, I don't know who you are. I do the what can I feel? What can I um, see? What can I touch? What can I smell? What can I I do that? Don't I? Yeah. And that's a that's a way of just bringing it back because my jug's got so overflown and it is just in an ocean now i've yes. got no idea where it is so by doing that i'm bringing myself and we're but we're talking about back. two we're talking about the same the, we're talking about the same principle but two different approaches one approach is to stop filling the jug with water the other is to increase the output yeah but i think it depends you absolutely need to do you both, need to obviously. do both but i think sometimes it's like what came first chicken or the egg you've got to learn to do them both yes at, at the end of the day you've got to do both yeah. It's a hard thing to do, but you do have to eventually learn to do both. Whichever one you choose to do first, whether it's making decisions or mindfulness, maybe it doesn't matter. Mm. Maybe it does. Maybe that's something people can let us know what they've tried. Yeah. And that was my point about um, how you label the experiences in your life. I would think, from my perspective, if you label events at all, really, it makes it harder to engage in it. So if you call something trauma... When you, <laughs> mentally, you put a, a, li- a little bit of you is going to want to be hesitant to engage in that topic because it is a, quote, you've now called it a trauma. That was my question to you. Oh, was I don't, by I calling, don't know. By identifying it as trauma, do you subconsciously make it difficult to engage with? And, but if you just called everything in your life an experience, I have good experiences and I have bad yeah. experiences, but they're all just experiences. They all sit in that middle. Some are worse, absolutely, but they're all learning experiences, even if they're terrible and even if they're great. I can always take something away. And by t- calling it something a bit I more mean, generic, that makes it less scary I mean, for me to engage in topics. Maybe that's a question we can ask the psychologists that are listening. Hmm. Maybe they'll have an opinion. For me, I just don't believe what happened to me could be ever qualified as trauma. But those are two different approaches. I'm consciously choosing not to, where you're saying you're not of worth to call it trauma. It, but, yeah, but we've, we've digressed. As we always I do think for the first like fifteen twenty minutes of this, perfectly fine. So that was that was mindfulness, and if yeah. people have an accurate description of mindfulness, <laughs> can they come back to us? I've heard different studies that show oh it's really effective, but then quite frankly, the same people who are probably selling you mindfulness courses, mm. I think it's not anything new, is it? I think it's <coughs> a case of just like I would say you're very mindful if you go for a walk in the middle of a field. And or in the woods, and you've got nothing. You're not, you know, your phone's not on. You're not listening to music. You're just experiencing. Yeah. I would say that is a state of mindfulness, yeah, um, and you can get there by just being in nature, because it gets rid of all those artificial yeah. distractions. Okay, so some of the others. So we had mindfulness, and then we had stimulation techniques and grounding. Um, I don't. I didn't really do either of those, so I don't really have any experience with either of so, them. Sorry, what are they? Are they like? I'm assuming, the although I don't know. So having never done them, 
that the stimulation kind of stops you from feeling numb, which is something maybe I should try it. I do feel numb quite often. And I think it's meant to like, I'm doing hand gestures, not that you can yeah. see this on the podcast, but Fuck there are hand better. gestures happening here. I don't know, maybe it's meant to kind of wake you up a little bit. Not in terms of like you wake up from sleep, but like that sort of thing. So that's something that I've never understood. And, you know, there's lots of areas for which I'm ignorant. Um, when you <laughs> Got say it that, here on tape, you guys. Say, you say feeling numb. Now, yeah. I, a part of me always wants to say... You don't understand that, do you? No, because... It like, boggles your brain when I say stuff like I, that. I'm always numb. But, I mean, what is numbness? When you say numbness, what makes you think there's an absence of something? (coughs) Like, how do you know, for example, you're not nose numb? You know, how do you not know that your sense of smell is only 10% it should be? What what are you comparing it to? I don't have an answer for you there. That is something maybe beyond my brain, because it's giving me brain ache. So So it's beyond my brain right now. Beyond your brain Beyond So beyond my brain that my brain is literally aching at this conversation. So I get get grounding. So grounding is a case of you're overstimulated, you're probably extert. Yeah, like the weighted blankets and stuff. And that is a case of trying to bring... Which I do have. So I have done grounding. Yeah, and they do work as well. Mm. But that's a case of not so much desensitizing you is simply removing external stimulus yeah. and trying to bring you in a little bit just so yeah. that you're focused on yourself a bit more is the stimulation one then a case of like is that trying to build some sort of experience because how does that differ from taking cocaine or jumping out of a plane is that not the same thing in terms of giving yourself a stimulation that's going to get your heart racing get you living in the now i suppose maybe they're both senses of bringing you into the present well, as more extreme to... than the other yeah, and, and you know, everyone's got, everyone, you know, looks for a stimulation in some way. It's just some are sort of societally approved and some are not. And some have effects and some are particularly expensive per the gram. That's not Instagram, uh, okay. obviously. Um, lots of people also said about having pets and animals. Um, we've definitely, and that's something that has helped me massively. Um Having someone, having an animal to look after, giving you a reason to get up, giving you a reason to think about other purpose. Yeah, having that purpose. That's something else that came up as well. Um, having people around you that care and um, overrated. <laughs> overrated. And I'm just reading people's comments. I know. Um, people around you that care and understand and are supportive. Um, Actually, should we cover those two first? Because I mean, animals for you have been like. The game changer. Yeah. And I think... I mean, Horses uh, in particular. Yeah, game changer. That's not right saying you didn't have animals before, but I think ultimately it ties back into the mindfulness. Animals are in the present. We know dogs live in the now, don't we? Yeah. Um, Bull. Squirrel. Yeah. They just experience. They just That's why they're so happy, because they live in the now. Squirrel. Like, dogs aren't... You know, you have to really damage a dog for it to be really anxious all the time or for it to be scared. Like, it takes work, because animals typically just experience life. And that's why we like being around dogs, um, because they're just, you know, I'm sure cat lovers, we all know cats aren't quite as, the average cat is not as affectionate as the average dog. Um, But animals generally, they just experience the now, don't they? And and part of that, I think, just ties in with being outdoors again. They're physical, they're right now, you just experience things. And that's nice, because it gets you out of that dreading the past or worrying about the future. Uh, what was the one that you had after animals? Oh, being around caring people. I definitely think you need a positive, you need positive role models. Uh. And if you can't get that in your real life, you have to look externally. 
but you cannot look on Instagram or Facebook and other social media platforms do exist. But you need to look at real people who are actually living that aren't like giving these artificial, you know, views about how people. You're trying to say my uh, my page is artificial. No, I'm saying that the, <laughs> I'm saying that the scripted false image that people have on Instagram, the five second dopamine rush you get from looking at like some beautiful beach, ultimately gives you three sure days you say there, of then. feeling terrible because you compare your life. It's impossible. We're animals and our brains compare things no matter how much we try and rationalise it. If you see these beautiful Im- images, if you see these wonderful places and you're not experiencing it yourself, you cannot consider, you just consider yourself a failure. There's no way you cannot. Um, and getting that constant hit, I think it's destructive. I'd say almost definitely everyone who's got mental health problems is spending far too much time on social media just mindlessly scrolling through I'm information. I'm scrolling to find the rest of the conversation that we were just having because I've managed to lose it. There. Mindlessly scrolling. I was scrolling with a purpose, actually. There is no such thing as Um, Having hobbies. Having hobbies that have purpose and achievement and you can see it. Um, Have we got any examples of that? Because sometimes, like, people talk about, like, second jobs and side hustles and stuff and actually it's really hard. Like, people... People need ex- ex- examples uh, of those things that could work. No, there hasn't been, but I'm sure I can ask that person and they can tell us some so more. So what about, well, what hobbies do you have? Crafts, horses. Crafts, horses. Do you find, oh, so one of the things you did say you wanted to look at, because you've done crafting in some capacity for a while, but you did say you wanted to do, like, woodworking. Yeah, I want to do, like, big craft. Yeah, you want to do, like, DT, you want to make furniture yeah. and stuff. And I can understand that because, that, again, that's physical. But then if you think about the process I went through with craft from when I first got poorly, I've gone from colouring, like a three-year-old, <laughs> outside the lines, not very good. Your colouring was terrible. Yes, I know, I remember. Well, I don't remember. I remember you telling me. Colouring to drawing. And then I started making, didn't I? And I've gradually kind of worked through... You were making things at the Rose Burden Centre, weren't you? Yes, I was making things at the unit. So I went through... Thank you for repeating that. I went through, like, the steps, almost, for it. Um, Music, listening to music. um, Meditation, yoga. Yoga and me do not mix. Yoga and I have many issues. We do not get along. I will not do yoga. In what sense? Uh, The last time I did yoga, I was out of it for a month. Yoga and I don't see eye to eye. So I, so one of the things, and yeah. I absolutely definitely want people's opinion on this, one of the things I remember seeing a long time ago was there's some sort of static hold, some stress positions that I've seen people put themselves in. I can't remember what it's called. And for example, they will essentially hold, like, imagine like the seated L position where you pretend you're in a chair with your back against the wall and then obviously... You, the chair isn't actually there so your legs are at like a 90 degree angle and it puts a lot of stress on your thighs and you just push through it and you just keep doing it and it's something some sort of like physiological psychological release that comes from like this built up pressure so essentially when you're sort of like legs finally collapse there's some sort of like mental release and it's got a name and i cannot think what it is but somebody out there knows exactly what it is because i remember looking at it um and i can never make you do things but nope. i told you i said why don't you just try this? You told me to do that for a lot of things. Yes, because I want you to try lots of things because I'm interested and you're my guinea pig. That, well, thank you. You're welcome. I don't know what noise a guinea pig makes, but that would have been funny if I could have made a guinea pig noise. I was going to squeak. I was like, what? 
Yeah, I don't think that. Anyway, um, mindful breathing. <gasps> yep, exactly like that. I always find when I when I think about my breathing, I panic and then like, <laughs> it goes worse. Oh no, I've got to think about breathing for the rest of my life. <laughs> Um, or I start counting and then can never stop. Mm. Um, identifying triggers for negative states. Um, so knowing what your triggers are. And everyone's triggers are slightly different. But if you can start to identify the things that trigger you, then you can kind of get control over them a little bit more. You know that you're going to find that difficult. It doesn't mean you're going to have a problem. You're just going to find that difficult. What identifies a trigger from a thing you don't like? Well, I guess if you have a... A sympt- an FND symptom crop up. Well, I mean, you don't have to have FND to have triggers. No, but we are literally we're talking within the FND... Space. Yes, that's what we're talking about right now. Triggers for things like anxiety and depression are different. And that could be something we have a conversation about at another time. But in this sense, that's what this is referring to. Because I would think that maybe describing things as triggers would have a similar effect to describing things as trauma. A lot of times I see now people use very... Um, I don't know the exact words to describe it, but very sort of like extreme edge things to describe their experiences. And I find that if I would just if I were to describe things as that's the best thing ever or the worst thing ever, I, that must have an impact. I don't know what it is, but my concern would be that by describing things as triggers, a trigger is like a cause and effect where some effect occurs. But the implication is that you can't stop things being a trigger. And I think actually describing it as an association and like you can simply train out an association makes would make, for me, would make me feel more empowered and in control. If I thought about how I can, well, that's fine. This is an association I have, but I simply want to end that association. So like I hate spiders, but I know that if ever I had a, a real problem with spiders and there was going to be like I moved to Australia and there were spiders everywhere, I would just spend time with spiders but it takes a lot of courage it's, to do that yeah and it certainly does and, and i'm sort of i'm wondering <coughs> how can how could i support somebody if they're if they're viewing things and and the, you know the terms are helpful because they help people identify mm. what their associations I think that's all, are that's how i see it i don't i'm the way i use it is that it's a trick because i know it's a point where it could cause me a problem mm. doesn't mean it will it just means i know potentially that's an area i have to be aware of but doesn't that then, is that not doing the opposite I of don't, the ground? For me, I don't think it is. For okay. me, I just find it useful because I know, right, I need to now deploy a different technique to stay in control. I know I'm going to have difficult, right, then I need to do some mindfulness or I need to make sure I do this or that, whatever it might be, or I'll spend some time crafting with horses to just come back down. Okay. So that's a balancing thing that, balance is really important. Um acceptance, listening and learning, yeah. Is that why gymnastics is so important? What? Gymnastics. What about gymnastics? They help with your balance. Uh, you're so funny. <laughs> Although I would actually say gymnastics is really good because it actually helps you understand like what you're capable of doing and how strong you can be with just your own body. Anyway, um, so acceptance, that's always something that comes up around FND is accepting your diagnosis. Um and I thought that was a load of rubbish too, but actually turned out to be quite useful. Well, how often have you, like, what's the, what's the word where you separate yourself from what you're feeling or you distance yourself? Cognitive dis- 
dissonance? Cogn- that, I, is that what well, you mean? cognitive dissonance, I think, is Just when you words out here. It's when you do one thing and you think another. So you think you're brave, but you do cowardly things, and it basically uh, it loads your brain up a little not bit. Not what I thought it meant then. That's part of like part of putting water in the jug. When your values and your behaviour don't match up, people find it very stressful. So, for example, let's say you hate your job and you keep doing it. You build up a whole bunch of cognitive dissonance. And what you'll do is you'll, you'll come up with justifications as to why you're doing it. So you'll say, like, oh, well, I need the money for this or I can't afford to do it because of this. And basically, so strong is the cognitive dissonance that you, like, compound this justification for why you do it. When in reality, what you could do is you could just quit and be brave and maybe suffer for three months whilst you look for something else. But long term, you could benefit. And most cases, you would benefit. But it's really hard to do that when you're so tied into things. Um, no, it's, it's the thing that um, Talking Man says. Where, deflecting. Deflecting. Oh. That's what it is. I see. Yeah. I'm quite good at that. Yeah, it's a problem though, isn't it, really? Yeah. We want boing, to, we want to, yeah, boing, whip. We want, we want to just... Uh, oh, look over there, plane! Yeah. Oh, wait, look over there! But what's interesting is, I think, like, that's, for me, that's where mindfulness comes in. It's a case of recognising there are certain behaviours that you might do and going, oh, and catching yourself and going... No, I you know don't. I do it. So why do you do it, then, if you I know it's bad for you? to do it. Yeah, but if you know you're doing it, you make a conscious See, I decision. don't know I'm d- I've done it until after I've done it. Yeah, that's fine. And if you recognise it, then you can stop and then yourself you, and go and back in. And you and Talking Man pull me for it. Yeah, but then we do go back in. Yeah, but the whole point is and, to and, and he makes me go back in. So he's like, you've done it again. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay yeah, and he's about. trying to teach you. For, to, yes, so you and I'm learning. It's a process. Yeah, but you can't be on the bloody process forever. Eventually you get to the next train stop and you have to get off the train. Get off the train. No. Anywho. Um, you see how she deflects there. Boy Anywho. Boing foot. Uh, that was the end of the suggestions. Okay, well, I i mean, I've, I've always got lots of opinions. Go on. Thing. But I know, I mean, I have nothing really further to add. But oh my I'm always, goodness, really? I'm always interested in other people's opinions because I think it's so important to just consider different views and things mm. like that. I think, like, sometimes, you know, realistically, we're probably wrong about 50% of everything we think, you know. Only 50%? Only 50%. I'm, I'm trying to be uh, generous to myself so I don't feel bad. But ah, okay. I'm probably, if you know, if I can assume I'm probably wrong about half the things I believe in some, in some sort of That's because you haven't learned it yet. Exactly, and I can only learn by challenging those views and talking to people mm. who disagree with me. Maybe what we should do at some point is uh, get, do one with uh, you and Talking Man, and you can just bounce between the pair of you, because it's like a good no, old tennis match watching d- you two. We just agree. No, you don't. Because he... Uh, his, no, because you, got, you bounce. His favourite thing to say is, Zena, I think you should re-listening to Jack, because actually no, he's, he's on to something. No, thing to say. Mm. We will clarify, okay, and we we'll, will we will we'll come back. To, okay, it's my favorite thing for him to say. That's certainly true. Well, yes, that's not surprising. And then I do this like smug, slow turn to Zena. Oh, really? Mm. Well, anywho, so I think we've covered we've covered all the stuff that I had come through. Hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Because I know you like to just randomly at the end just come up with another point to talk about just as I'm about to say goodbye to people. Yeah, I mean, a good one would be Go to on. try and work out if anyone, um, if anyone's experiences are as clear-cut as, as yours, whereby you have periods of, you know, defined, identifiable period of bad times. So, like, when your walking goes, you know, you will have a bad two weeks or something where your walking goes, and then sort of one day it'll just kick back in. So if anyone has those identifiable blocks, what is it, you know, have you identified your, quote, triggers 
for what brings that in. Because originally we have thought that it's a case of, oh, well, maybe, you know, she's just done too much. Or if I was poorly, because I've got, I I have a slight cough. It's not COVID, Hmm. but I have a slight cough. It could be. It wouldn't make any difference to you, Pez. And whether or not being physically poorly is is something that people have found has um, caused... She means sick. Yes, that's what... Oh, yes, sorry. I knew what I meant. Um, Whether that's impacted... Your um, FND... Oh, my brain is just going slow to mush it. That's okay, I can just finish. Blah, 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 blah. Broadly, have you identified whether physical illness um, brings it on at all, physical tiredness or mental tiredness? Because originally we just said tiredness and we thought, mm. oh, you know, she was doing too much. But actually, maybe we increasingly learn it's not a case of just what she was... or what she was doing, that she was doing stuff. It was what she was doing. So things like going out for the dogs though tiring wasn't actually the thing that was kicking her out. Um, so I'd be interested to know if other people have these identifiable blocks um, and whether sickness or specific physical or mental activity uh, brings them in or out. Because for, quite frankly, after like a while of being tired, you'll just kick back in. Um, and then typically you then charge around for two weeks doing even <laughs> more than you did. Like you get like, it's like you get retrospective boredom and you just suddenly charge out and do loads of activities. So if anyone, uh, if anyone's got anything like that, I'd be interested. Um, the other thing that I forgot to mention of that is a strategy. Oh, it's, and, no, it's not just me. No, sorry. It's cause it's just come through on my Twitter. That's why, um, was mirroring. So I'm just trying to find out a little bit more about it. Because in my mind, that's like when someone loses a limb, they use like a mirror, like phantom limb. They use that mirror to help deal with the the pain. What, as but in that's phantom based, limbs? That's, that's literally based off my experience of Grey's Anatomy, I think not mi- in real life. By mirroring, oh, well. well so I'm trying to Mirroring is just repeating more. what somebody else does. Is so it, like acting a certain way. I'm, tra- I'm trying to find out for you guys. So then we can have this conversation. Maybe it means sitting in front of a mirror and looking at yourself. I don't Which actually know. was one thing we tried to get you to do, wasn't it? And you flat out refused. <laughs> so another thing. Like, That's because I don't like to look at myself in the mirror. Exactly. I don't like to make eye contact with myself. I find Just it think, weird. Everything you don't like doing, you should probably be doing more of. Yeah, but I find it really weird. Uh, yeah, okay, cool story. Now I'll do it anyway. No. You know how like, you know, you don't like doing the dishes, do you? But you know they've got to get done. Oh yeah, but I don't do the dishes. No, you don't. (laughs) Or the washing or the cleaning. I do those things. I just don't do the dishes. So I'm trying to find out about mirroring. When I find out, we can discuss it. But until that point, we can't. If anyone has anything they'd like to add about what we've discussed, if anyone has any more knowledge about any of the things we've discussed that we clearly don't, then shout out... um, you can contact us on Twitter, FND, Life with FND, or on Facebook. Um, just... And all the medical professionals that keep messaging us, if they want to talk, yeah, ha- quite happy, but as long as we only analyse her and we don't analyse me. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. Oh no, let's analyse him. Let's... I don't have the confidence. Talking man, that's your next job. It's, let's, let's break into his brain. Let's squidge around in there. <laughs> but yeah, if you are, if you're a physio, if you're a speech therapist, if you're a psychologist, if you're anyone who deals with people with FND, um, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we can just kind of keep going and talk to more people and help. And so I've lost him now. He's playing on his phone. He's bored already of me. Yeah, have, do- a, have a good day, everyone. Enjoy the <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Uh-oh.